Hey everybody, welcome to the Paranormal Peeps Podcast. Uh, I am one of your hosts, uh, the fabulous and fat Mikey. To my right, we have the lovely... Jamie. To her right... The fabulous Josh. The fabulous, he's just the Josh. That's all he needs. <laughs> he's Lord Josh. By the way, I'm the only Lord here. You trying to hand out your title? Hey, I gotta throw it when I can, that's the only respect I get. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Roddy Dangerfield, I get no respect! <laughs> Roddy Dangerfield. Alright, and Josh, to your right, is the lovely... Alisa. Alisa. Terry could not be here tonight, uh, she's my wife. But uh, she is home, uh, she's actually chauffeuring uh, the daughter. Um, Annika's been on our show before, so we could, we can say her name. But anyway, uh, she is showing her, uh, chauffeuring her to homecoming. Which has to be so awkward. But anyway, let's digress. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she will be back next time we record. Anyway, so we have a fun topic to talk about tonight. This is probably one of the... We, we've alluded to it in the past. In fact, I think we even said on the last episode where we were going to be. In fact, you since we last released, you actually released a short one. Yep. A, a taste from... What we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about the old Montana State Prison. And our fun 12-hour investigation. In Lockdown. So, first of all, has anybody here, besides the Raymonds, well, actually, never mind. <laughs> we don't count. Because Alisa, you've been <laughs> I've there been too. there, too. <laughs> this is the first time I've ever been locked inside a prison overnight. Yeah, no, it's more like a false lock. Let's. I'd love to say it was like, hey, we're locked in, padlock, and no way out, but yeah, it wasn't that cool. Well, it's close in an enough. emergency, you could get out, but it kept everybody else from getting in. Yeah. So, um, but you told us that when we, it's like when we were going out there, it's like if if we need to get out, we got to call the sheriff to come let us out. So I was telling all my coworkers and everybody, he's like, <laughs> "Yeah, we're gonna be locked inside, and if we have to get out, we have to call nine one one to get out and say we're locked <laughs> in the prison. I need to get out." That was actually a retelling of a story uh, about the prison. Uh, there was uh, four teens. I think it was four, um, and they jumped the walls, which is—I don't even know how they did that. Yeah, that's like no but. small feat in itself, right? <laughs> They're teenagers; they can do anything. <laughs> it's illegal. So <laughs> they jumped the walls, and the prison's unlocked um, during the night. Like the the nineteen twelve cell block isn't locked up at night, and so they went into the nineteen twelve cell block, and they're hanging out, you know, being you know stupid, fun teenagers. And uh, they're like, let's go to a scary place at night. Let's see what happens. And uh, they ended up calling the sheriff to get him out because of all the stuff that was happening in the building, all the bangs and noises and, and stuff that were going on. Um, and so they got truly scared and trespassing. Yep. So what's the follow-up? Did they get there were charges pressed? I don't. Did they get to spend time in the Montana State Prison? <laughs> yeah, I doubt it. <laughs> on an official basis? It's probably more of a fine, like, hey, you know, here's a $100 fine, or I don't know, whatever the fine for trespassing is in the grand state of Montana. Either way, kids, don't be stupid. No. But well, even just when we were there during the day, right, there was a, a large family that was there at the same time, and they had a bunch of kids, and Ugh. obviously they weren't, they, they, they were more interested in socializing with all the other adults. And, and this is what we, we just went through as, like a, as a group just during the day as a like regular tour. You go in, you pay, and you can go do a self-guided tour. It's kind of nice just, to like check everything out before you, know, you get go layout. in at night. Yeah. You know, that way you know that when you walk around the corner, that dark figure standing in the corner, oh, yeah, it's a mannequin. 
Yeah, right? <laughs> I'm not big under the mannequins. <laughs> and there were a, there's a lot there's of a them lot. in there. Yeah. There's a lot. The ones, the creepiest ones, I think, are the ones in the cells, honestly. But there were some funny ones in there too. <laughs> but that being said, uh, anyway, these uh, this family was walking around there, and there we walk around the corner to the north side of of uh, cell block of the 1912 cell block. It's kind of where you go into the what is it, East Siberia, I think. It's up. It's up. Yeah, it's close the, to that corner. It's the street side, right? It's the street side. Like across the the other side of the wall from there is the prison pizza um, restaurant. So we get around the corner there, and these teenage kids are climbing up the wall, like oh, they're rock climbing. Two gals. Yes. Yeah. 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 I come across them like, too. Yeah. This was right after we also saw the little kids. There's a sign, and there's a, there's a a, repris- a replica, replica of a little gallows there. There was a gallows that we're going to talk a little bit about those uh, coming up here, but there was a little gallows there and there's a little sign that says, please do not play on the rope or the gallows. Or put your head in the noose. Or put your head in the noose. And these kids are sitting there, putting their head in there, like, look at me, look at me. And it's just like, yeah. Or even in the warden's office, they were playing with the phones and all the typewriters and stuff. I'm like, yeah, it's not like these are antiques or anything, you guys. Come on. They probably have never said seen that, a typewriter. I saw in their that. Life. I said that though, and one of the adults that was with the group gave me the nastiest look. I was like, "What? You want to go? <laughs> I'll throw down? You guys are being disrespectful." That's right. I think that's the same group that were running up and down yeah, that blasted ramp. It was oh, awful. Oh yes, yeah. It was awful. Yeah, I uh, I am not a fan of people who let their kids run wild in places that aren't meant to be run wild, like. They could have went out into the yard where the basketball hoops and like the oh for sure the and, ran board all and ran all around yeah, there. Go play tag on the field. Yeah. yeah, no big deal. Like there's a baseball field there. Like go play. Like it's outside, right? Yeah. But like not inside the building with these displays. Like there's some stuff there that's like you know seventy years old plus now, right? Yeah. And it's like and there's glass everywhere, and so it's like you don't want to see people get hurt or 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 whatnot, and and the. Oh. They will kick you out if you get yeah. too too wild. This is how I know I'm turning into my dad. <laughs> I just don't want to stand any of it. Yeah. Well, like you'd hate to see someone hurt. Like you're that's an actual noose. It's a real gallows, right? Yeah. Um, now it's not a, a drop door gallows like like the current day stuff, but like it's still a noose. And thankfully, it's that it's happens. thankfully it's low to the ground. So like the chances of actually hanging yourself are nil but you still don't want to see something get hurt yeah so if you ever go to the Montana State Prison just leave your kids at home or watch your or kids or just yeah, watch just, the kids <laughs> you be respectful yeah. Yeah. Put, put them on those little leash backpack because yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the prison's old uh, it is very old it's it's 102 years old at least 102 years old uh, for, for the newer m- stuff for the newer stuff yeah um and it's older than that for the rest. And so, like, you know, it is crumbling a little bit, and it is kind of like parts are falling apart, and they're fixing them. Kind of uh, like me. Yeah. <laughs> Aren't we all? Called age, right? Um, you know, they're fixing it as best they can, and, and they're doing their, their best. But, like, you know, it is still a, an old 100-year-old building. Like, let's not be silly and get hurt. But all of that was because of these two teenagers were climbing the wall, and it triggered that emotion, so... Sorry, I was triggered. You can cut all that out if you want. <laughs> all right. Well, let's talk about it. So we, we did do the walkthrough during the day. It was interesting to have my daughter talk about the things that she felt. 
Because we weren't going to have her as a teenager be there overnight. It's just not quite safe yet for teenagers to uh, be out investigating horrible places. And uh, she's a little sensitive, so we just didn't want to take her in overnight. But uh, it was interesting getting her spot, her take on where she felt things and what she what she felt. And I don't know. It was just fun being there during the day and seeing it. Because then when you go back at night and it's all dark, it's creepy as hell. AF. <laughs> so, creepy I AF. love how you were staring at me. When you <laughs> <laughs> That's his verbal check. It was my, no. oh, wait, I'm about to say something bad. <laughs> so... If you guys aren't aware, Elisa has this little squirt spray bottle. And every time I cuss, she sprays me like like a, like like, a cat like, that's like doing something. Like a cat mission. that's on the yeah. furniture. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I'm getting too, so I can. She, she she didn't like my. She wasn't here for the episode, but she didn't like the uh, the f bombing the, the surprise. Mother. <laughs> if you know what I'm talking about? Go back to the uh, the game night one. Yeah, the sleepover, sleepover games. games. Yeah. So I'm gonna be better. So, you guys went into West Siberia in the daytime, right? Yes. What did you think of the Ratman sculpture in West Siberia? So, I was glad I'd seen it on a video before. Uh, we'd watched you know videos on YouTube, and so I'd seen it before. I knew it was there. I'd forgotten it was there, but it's like, oh, I, yeah, I remember seeing this on the video. It makes no sense why it's there or for what reason. Was it made by an inmate or something? Or was no. it just... Actually, just something somebody put in there just to be goofy? I know the story behind it. Oh, do tell. So they had uh, an art exhibit or exposit or exhibition. Yeah, exhibition. Uh, and they had a bunch of local area artists, and they did art associated to the prison, right? And so this one artist, and I don't have their name, um, but they did the Rat Man, which is actually Miles. It's the, his face on the body of a rat. And so it's his depiction of uh, how he was in, in his, like, You dirty rat. <laughs> <laughs> you caused the biggest riot bet, in the country. I bet there were a lot of people in prison that were called rats. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sure. But not in a, not in a, not in a good, that's not a good thing. Because <laughs> no. once, once somebody calls you a rat, then you get shanked. Yeah, and they had, there are some good examples of shanks inside of oh, that. They're a big rat. That's actually what the girls liked the most, the teenage girls that we had. They liked the most. The rat my, man? my daughter, no, the shanks. They oh, were, there's a cabinet full of all the different shivs that they had up there, and uh, um, homemade knives and things. And yeah, they thought that was probably the most interesting case of the whole, the whole place. So interesting. The case I like the most is right there when you walk into the the admin building. It's off to the right, and it's the one that has the shoes that they put on. People yeah. who are going to run away. Oh, the concrete shoes. Yeah. yeah. And each one weighed 30 pounds. Like, I can't imagine. Why did they weigh 30 pounds? Yeah. It says yeah. they weighed, each, each shoe weighed 30 pounds. So here's here's what I thought with this. And I'm, I don't know how the, they how they worked. But so the, the shoes, if you've not seen them, you can Google it. Check them out. They're really easy to find. Um, but they're like the soles are like six inch thick or five inch thick concrete based on regular shoes. Right? Yeah. Well... And it's supposed to keep you from escaping? Yeah, it slows you down. Well, why don't you just untie the shoes and step out? See, I thought the same thing. I have no idea. Like, that's really easy. And then, you're, <laughs> then, and then they don't hear you're like, your shoes clamoring anyway. Plus, it's easier to scale the wall with, with toes versus actual 
leather sold shoes. Well, you got to remember that the one thing that we don't see anymore, because uh, we only see the walls, right? The the actual fortress looking prison that's there. Right. But that prison was on, oh, it, it was like 50 acres or some crazy amount. It extended beyond the walls because there was the turkey farm and then there was other stuff that was out there. And so, like, you know, they were beyond, you know, there's a chance that they were probably beyond the walls, but. There again, why would you put an inmate who's a flight risk beyond the walls? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> maybe they were just they were constantly in there. I don't know. Yeah. But imagine wearing those shoes and then going up and down the metal stairs. Oh. Imagine falling down. That'd be the horrible to <laughs> <in> those shoes. <laughs> yeah. Just falling in general, right? Uh, yeah. Otherwise, they kind of remind me of like Kiss boots, you know, <laughs> the band Kiss. Oh yeah. Who's playing here next week? By the way. Oh, Come, I, coming to Utah next week, end of the world tour. Yeah, you're coming to USANA, aren't they? Yes, they are. I just gave away tickets at work. Oh, fun. Yeah. Anyway, so the prison, <laughs> that, that's the, the, the girls like that. Anyway, so as far as the rat man, going back to what you asked. Yeah. It didn't really creep me out. It was just weird. Yeah. And I felt like where its placement, it was just down there. And the, it's an area they call West Siberia. There's, there's an East Siberia and a West Siberia. It's underneath the 1912 cell blocks. And they are basically kind of like a solitary confinement type cells. Really they're, dark. They're, 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 it's dark. They're cold. Cold. It's like concrete. Um, very old, worn concrete by now. But yeah. it's not a place that is, it's not like it's up in the, with our, there's bunks and sinks and toilets and stuff. It's just dark, cold. It's yeah. a dungeon, yeah. essentially. Yeah. And It'd be miserable. It would be miserable to be down there. And they called it Siberia because it was cold. Right. So you can see it better in East Siberia, but uh, there's only like one heater in those in those areas. And so, and we're talking about radiant heat. And, uh, you know, there's nothing else. So it's basically just enough heat so you don't die. And, uh, yeah, it's just going to be miserable in there. But that was where Miles spent. So before the the 1959 riot, that's where Miles spent his time. So I'm wondering if they put it in his cell. Was why it's in that spot. Oh, that could be. Mm-hmm. So I've always thought, though, uh, I always thought it was like George Bush. <laughs> it does kind of look <laughs> like, like him. It kind of does. Yeah. <laughs> it, does just, it looks like W. I'm going to so. have to pull up a picture of it. <laughs> <laughs> as far as Miles, for all those of you at home, I don't know if you talked about this on the last... Uh, we did not. We so and so we'll give a little bit of history on it. There was In 1959, there was a riot there. There was two gentlemen that uh, propagated the whole thing. There was a guy named Jerry Miles. He was like a career criminal, been inside a whole bunch of other uh, prisons, Alcatraz. In fact, he actually sought out because he wanted to be in the Montana State You get to a point where they just they can't thrive without being in prison or being locked up. It's their their safety zone and so anyway and he's 43 he was he was older and then he uh convinced this other young guy named lee smart who was 19 who was in prison at the age of 16 and uh he had a bit of a crush on miles i did not know that yeah, yeah did did miles return the the no it was prison i, I don't no. It sounds like he just used it. Yeah. That yeah. Makes yeah. sense. Kind of like Vegas. What happens in prison? Yeah. <laughs> we just don't talk about it. But the, the thing that I found interesting about that whole thing is that they had a 16-year-old, a minor, in a couple of them actually, yeah. in prison with a bunch of hardened 
criminals. Like today, you wouldn't. There's no way a 16 year old is going to go to be in normal uh, lockdown with prisoners. Yeah, no, that, and that, that was the thing that I thought was interesting reading about prisoners that were there. And we'll come back to the investigation and actually, you know, here in a minute for all of you at home going, just talk about the ghosts. Um, the, this prison was interesting. Like there was one uh, group, there was three uh, males and one female that uh, had uh, committed a crime up there not far from Deer Lodge. In fact, it might have been even in Missoula. But where they um, lured a guy into an alleyway, robbed him and beat him up, and then he ended up dying. But they stole a car. They went on this big, uh, big road trip spree. In fact, they got down to a place called Smithfield, Utah, which is not far from where we are. Where that's up near Logan, uh, if you're uh, Utah. And uh, the one guy ditched the other three and took the car, and he actually went back up to. Uh, went back home up to Montana but the other ones were all caught in Colorado but yeah the girl was 16 Uh, there was another guy that was 16 there was another one that wasn't charged because he was a minor because he was younger than 16 he was maybe 16 but he was like I'm assuming he was 14 or yeah and the guy that they beat up eventually he actually died in the hospital and so they were charged with murder and they were sent to the old Montana state prison and yeah, you can find pictures of them real easy. I could find their names if you wanted, but anyway. It's just really interesting that they would lock up these teenagers in a full-on prison. Yeah. You know. Yeah, nowadays you get sent to juvie. They go to juvie. And and then if they are if they get sentenced beyond that and they turn 18, they'll send them into uh, the, the bigger prisons. But yeah, that's, part, that's, I mean, that's the part that I found crazy because you would think that if... if uh, Lee Smart wasn't actually in that prison um, and not influenced by people like Jerry Miles that he wouldn't have actually been part of the riot. I don't know. He was the one that did probably the most damage. Well, and he was probably protecting him from other people too because he's so young. Like probably fresh went meat. Both, both ways. Yeah. Buddy system. Which yeah. Is, which, by the way, uh, fresh meat is a delicious pizza at Prison oh, pizza man, this next is door. so good. Yeah, we'll put on our plug here. That pizza was pretty good. It was yeah. delicious. We had, I don't even remember what the one we had was, but they had one that was a, like an Alfredo sauce, like a white sauce with cheese, and then they had mushrooms and sausage. It's fantastic. That was so good. Yeah. Okay, so. Anyways, so the riot. Siberia's. So we were talking about the, the Siberia's. We're talking about riot. Do you want to go with the riot? The riot. Okay. Let's go with the riot. So in 1959, uh, there's, uh, it was early 1959, I want to say it was January or February. Uh, there was a riot that was led by Jerry Miles, this career, poli- this career politician, career criminal, Same and thing. his friend Lee Smart. And uh, it was actually a 36-hour-long uh, riot. They took control over guards. Uh, they And it was actually really interesting how they did it. They kind of did them, picked them off one by one. Uh, the first one they threw, somehow they had a bottle of gasoline, and they threw it on the guard and said, all right, we're going to light you on fire. And they had a broom. And they're like, we're going to light you on fire if you don't give us the keys. And, and they were able just to just quietly, one by one, take control of these guards. And then they locked him in a cell and um, and just let more more people out. And it was, it was really interesting how they were able to pull it off. Yeah. And the prison was overcrowded in 59 mm-hmm. and understaffed. And so it'd be easy once you once if you got one guard, 
right? Because even you've seen the catwalks out there. Yep. Like, essentially, he threw the keys over a big opening. It's like <laughs> to, a big gap. Yeah. Um, and there's no... Between where the cells are in the 1912 cell block, and we call it that because it was built in 1912. Right. So you're talking about a 47-year-old prison at this point in time. Um, but between where the guards walked, which was on, which was on the outer walls of the cell block and where the the cells were which were in the inner section of it there's this big gap and the only way to get up and down was to walk back to the middle and then go up and down the stairs mm-hmm. and so guards actually put in like two by sixes that that spanned it across so I, I wondered about all those boards did the the guards cross those yeah they'd walk across those oh that's scary just to not be grabbed at by guys. Well, no, just so others. just so they could walk. You know, if they needed to go into the cell block area and then back out, they they needed a way to go uh, back so and they forth. Didn't have to go all the way back down to the one right. end. Right. Okay. No, I saw all those big boards across there, and I didn't understand exactly. I'm like, yeah, and it's yeah, that's, and it's forty feet up, right, to the top. That's level. crazy. Yeah. So it's four <laughs> stories. This 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 cell block. Yeah. There's four stories to it, four different floor levels. Yeah. And, and the higher you go, the hotter it gets. Oh, oh, yeah, it gets warm up there. Hey, but they had a great view. You could actually see over the wall. And into That's the neighbors. In, 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 across onto Main Street, you could see the warden's house from up there. Yeah. Penthouse view. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I have to imagine those weren't for, like, the best, you know, those were, like, your lower. Yeah, but could you imagine, though, because, like, it gets 100 degrees in Deer Lodge, Montana in the summer. Like, you got to bake. Oh, on that top floor. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's prison. You're not supposed to be in. It's not like today. <laughs> I don't know. I've never been to prison. That's right. Knock on wood. I mean, I'm sure I'll do something stupid in my life. And most I'll of them there. didn't even have TV when it was built. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it was prison. It's not supposed to be easy. It was. It's punishment. Yeah. Um, and some of them, I don't. It's weird that they got to where they thrived on that punishment. But um, nonetheless, yeah. So it's four stories tall. It's hot. It's crazy. It's uh, uncomfortable. And uh, and they managed to take it over in a matter of like an hour. Or yeah, it was it was nuts how they just and the warden wasn't there at the time. Uh, the assist, the deputy warden was there. They ended up uh, they had one accomplice. Um, I forget his last name. It started with a C though, I believe. Which doesn't help anything. That's sure doesn't. <laughs> sure, his name started with a C. Maybe it was an S. Um, it was another guy that was that, that kind of helped him and. Uh, when the riot kind of when he once he figured out that the riot wasn't going anywhere, he actually kind of gave up and went back to his cell. Uh, but um, the deputy warden, his name was uh, I believe it was Theodore Roth or Ted Roth. Yep. So they went in and uh, they they used to have kind of an open door policy. You, know, you can come, you can air your grievances and whatnot. He came into the office and they actually with a rifle. Lee Smart shot him. There was a rifle that they'd gotten from one of the guards. He shot. Uh, Ted Roth, the deputy warden, uh, several times, I think it was, in the chest, if I remember right. Yeah. And uh, and killed him. And then it's, it's interesting because there, there was lots of people that worked there at the prison that they didn't hurt. Like the, there was the ladies there in the office that they kind of just let them be. Well, you got to figure, like, their grievance wasn't with um, the general staff, their grievance was with the warden and with the guards. At that point in time, but even most of the guard, they didn't really hurt him. They just took him and just took held him. him. Yep. Yeah, I think so. I think one 
I think one other I think one other guard died. Um, yeah, yeah, there was. It was in the initial initial uh, takeover. In the initial takeover. It was when yeah. they when they shot the deputy warden. It was right there in the office. Yeah, they, and because you know, most of them I don't think were armed. Like I don't think most of the guards were armed. And so like if you got one prisoner with a gun, like you're already out. You're already outgunned. You're outgunned. Like, okay, <laughs> you're the boss. Whatever yeah. you say. Um, the warden, they did finally get word to the warden. The warden was, they came over and he was actually coming back to work. And they were trying to alert him. It's like, hey, wait, don't come in. Don't come in. Um, and he was alerted. And I, I didn't understand quite. I'd read about it. And there was tunnels back down yep. next to the where the where what's now the theater and next to the chapel. And I didn't quite understand how he could get into these tunnels without getting into the prison. So, no, that's I know how they did that. So, I, I do too. I figured it out. I'm like, yeah, oh, it's in the main guardhouse. Yeah, right at the front door. Yep. So it's right at the front door. There, on the right hand side, there's a stair. Uh, there's a metal door down there now, right? Mm-hmm. So our first time we go to the we go to the prison for an investigation, which was four years ago, right? Our uh, Heather, who was our tour guide. She walks us into that room, right? We No lights on. Well, all of our flashlights are off, right? And then she takes her, uh, I think she had a stick or a, something, and then she banged on it oh, in wow. the dark. This big, <laughs> no gigantic warning. metal trap door. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think we all uh, we all pooed a little on that one. <laughs> but this, this tunnel goes down from that front jar jack underneath the wall, um, through the, well, you're inside the wall at that point, but it goes down under, and then you can actually get into the prison there. And the only keys that they weren't able to get were the keys that got in from the inside into that tunnelway. Yep. So the warden was able to come in and to kind of negotiate terms, and they wanted to get like news people in there. And he's like, "No, they—they, they, I don't remember exactly. I'm doing really bad at telling the story. No, you're pretty close. Like he would go down there and he would try to negotiate and try to get a peaceable ending to the riot, which just terms weren't able to be met so they had to do the next best thing which is bring in force yeah and they, had, they actually did send in some reporters to interview people bit by bit and the people jerry miles and lee smart didn't actually want to talk to the reporters i think they were it was which was weird because they're the ones that started all this but they didn't want to talk to reporters they just wanted other other inmates to tell the story of how bad things were and how corrupt the guards were so, so the guy, when it all came to a head, um, and it was basically there was nothing that was going to happen because of it. Uh, Lee Smart and Jerry Miles went up one of the towers of the guard block of the guard, the, the nineteen twelve cell block, which is above these are, West Siberia. Yeah, and these are separate towers. They don't like go into the main cell block themselves. It was kind of built like if you imagine a big square and then four outer. Uh, doors, outside doors to go up these these corner towers, and I don't even know what was in these rooms because they had some pretty neat um, painting along the the tops of the walls. I'm wondering if they weren't like guard offices, like because there's a be. there's a bathroom on one of the floors, right? Yeah, right. yeah. Um, that so, could have been it, or maybe guard barracks. Could be. Like, I don't know. It was pretty secure, right? Like there was yeah. uh, second or third floor in 1912. There's a door that leads into that section. Uh-huh. I don't know if you ever, I don't know if you looked up and saw it, but it's up there, um, so you can go in into that tower from that. Is track. that where that little round turret is? In yeah. The, okay. Um, 
Or uh, you could go in through the, through the well, we went in through the bottom floor, so. Okay, yeah, maybe. But it was it was actually fairly non-prison-esque as you're going up there. I mean, it's a metal staircase, but still, the rooms were fairly not prison-esque. Anyway, so when they get, they, Jerry Miles and Lee Smart run up to, to the top of these, and they figure nothing's going to happen of it. They're trying to figure out their le- next move, and they actually end up... Um, the National Guard is called in, and one of the... I don't know if it was even ordered to do it or if he just got trigger-happy. Uh, no, no. So they were ordered to do it. So what they were going to do is they were going to take back the... They, when they brought in the National Guard, they brought in the force, right? They brought in uh, troops. They brought in guns. They brought in, well, at this point in time, heavy artillery. Yep. Um, and so they were going to quell the riot by force. And so what they ended up doing is they knew that Miles and, and Smart will hold up. The masterminds, so to speak, were hold up in this tower. So they actually took out an old-fashioned bazooka, something you use to take out a tank. And they fired two shots into the uh, side of that tower. To, um, I don't know if they were hoping to kill them or just disorientate them. Um, but after that, they the National Guard, the, the soldiers actually stormed the, the tower. And right as they hit... The, the the bottom of those stairs that's when two shots were fired yeah two shots it was uh, Lee Smart shot Jerry Miles in the head kind of ripping off his jaw actually yep and or at least a piece of his jaw and then uh, he ended up shooting himself but what's funny about this bazooka shot right you look up at it and it's like you would think that a bazooka would do a lot of damage to but it didn't sil- look like it did that much no <laughs> it's like it put a little dent in the thing in the bricks in the so, corner of the window. Yeah, it's just... I mean, it looks like it's been kind of mortared and kind of tried to fix it a little bit, but it... I would have thought it would have gone like, through it. Yeah, it would, like, destroy the whole tower. Like, half the tower is gone. No. No. That's how they used to know how to build stuff back in the old days. It's either that or the... It wasn't really that strong of a bazooka. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, yeah. <laughs> either way, the actual bazooka is there in the... Um, Admin building in the admin building there. That's mm-hmm. it's been in a big case behind bars, so you can't get to it. But really interesting. Yep. But uh, they there was a I believe it was a one of the guards that was going in and going up the stairs to go where they to get to these two inmates that they'd heard where they'd heard the shots and it was dark and he had slipped on the stairs this final stretch of stairs going up to the top and put his hand down and there was like some something hard and wet that he put his hand on and uh, you know catching himself and then they got up to the top of the stairs and discovered the grizzly murder suicide and they, he figured out that that thing that he lent put his hand on was actually the jawbone of Jerry Miles and he took it home it was a souvenir that was <laughs> kept it, kept Ew. that was kept until not too long ago you know not within the last decade I think it was that it was yep. actually turned, brought back, and given to the to the prison is like here, you yep. have this in your museum. Yeah, maybe they have it in a little shadow box. Like, Why would you keep that? <laughs> yeah. Well, now it's a trigger object. It is. Well, it was would have been nice if they'd had that out for us to play with, but they didn't. Didn't ask. Yeah, uh, but prob- don't we have a picture of that I, I somewhere? We do. I probably wouldn't have asked anyway. I even for- if I could, I keep forgetting to ask. Um. um. But that's because Ew. Heather is no longer with the prison, and so, like, I don't ask those questions anymore. You don't feel like you know them well enough? No, no, I don't know them well enough. Well, they're gracious enough to let us come invade their prison for the night. So, 
Yeah, so that was the riot. So that's what Jerry Miles was. Rewinding back down into that little rat the face, rat man. rat man thing. And yeah. All right. So let's get on to just, the night then. Let's get to the night. So we're back in our dark. Anyway, so uh, for us, so you, 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 now Josh, you had your friend there, uh, Travis. And so you took him out just kind of first thing because yep. he could only stay for a little bit. Yeah. And so you guys went out. Well, we kind of, I don't even know what we were doing. We went over to the hospital, didn't we? That's right. The first place that we went was the hospital. I kind of followed. Elisa and Terry were kind of led the way, and I was just trying to catch up. And for some reason, they wanted to go to the hospital wing. So it's its own separate building in the yard. It's not, uh, doesn't have all the bars and everything on it. It's just like its own little, it's like almost like a little warehouse. Type of and it's like just a long strip. Yeah. Right? Just a long white building, one floor. Not much to it. Nothing ominous about it. Nothing but the th- real- yeah, but the thing is, is when um, we're all talking to the the guy who the security guy, you know, maintenance. Oh, the, maintenance the maintenance guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was saying that they, if you like, go up to that building on one end, you can hear a lot of like bangs and things like that going on. So we're like, like well, the that's, people inside. Yeah. yeah, like that's where we want to go. Like <laughs> we want to go where we're hearing everything and hopefully get something going as the night starts to like ramp it up so yeah we went over to that hospital we there, now, you thing. went there first right josh you got there just before us because you said you saw yeah oh we might have yeah we might have gotten in there yeah you first. and travis, travis went and there before there i did because we were setting up yeah, or we were, like worrying about the we, extension cord <laughs> and we were, we're in extension cord. we were also trying to set up terry's boo bear in the in the tunnel when you were doing all this did you want to tell us just just the hospital portion? Who, yeah, who you talked to and what you ran into there? Yeah, so Travis and I, uh, after we did our, our little stint in Max, we went over to uh, that hospital oh. section, which uh, now today is the prison life exhibit. Um, so that's one third of the building that's actually open to the public, um, and uh, we did a dowsing rod session in there, and we ended up talking to um, William Hayes. So, uh, for those of you who don't know, William Hayes uh, was a uh, horse thief who was doing 10 years uh, for burglary. Um, But he was uh, a uh, cellmate of uh, George Rock, who those two together, George Rock was spending uh, spending a 99-year sentence for murder. Uh, he murdered a guy by the name of Ed Carl. Uh, but anyway, he uh, those two got this great idea to escape prison. And uh, they ended up killing the deputy warden uh, at the time and almost killing the warden. So uh, the warden was actually holding their open door policy at the time. So he was actually in the building. Um, they needed, uh, I think it was 105 stitches to close his neck wound. Um, he almost was decapitated and he almost, they missed his carotid artery by a quarter of an inch. And he wasn't even faced by, he's like the black knight from Monty Python. It's like, ah, it's just a, it's a flesh wound. <laughs> he ended up blacking <laughs> out. Like, like puts his hand on it. <laughs> um, just put pressure on it. It'll be, it'll be fine. But. Uh, both George Rock and uh, William Hayes were executed for their for their uh, um, murder and attempted escape. Uh, the gallows that uh, uh, Mike was talking about earlier; those are the gallo- the 
replica of the gallows that George Rock was executed on. Hayes was executed off site. Oh, it said that he was actually executed by the same one. Was he? Yeah. So what happened? Maybe I misread that. Yes. So what happened with these gallows? The warden thought he was a genius. (laughs) He's like, okay, I'm going to come up with a different way of hanging people rather than the big drop floor where the the trap didn't have it back then. Um. So it was a means rather than like hanging them from something, um, or standing on a chair and having kick the chair out or whatever, which is brutal. Um, it was let's get a 300 pound bag of whatever and we'll just have it jerk them up and the whole thought was that it would break their neck just from the impact of being jerked upwards well it didn't work and the it, first one and it didn't work on purpose yeah they uh, they set the weight wrong on well, purpose they wanted them to suffer in yep. my reading it never said anything about this about doing it on purpose wrong oh, it was I, just I, it was just yeah, I so, found I found articles uh, that stated that they did. It so they purpose. sat there, and, and it was actually kind of brutal watching the guy sh- basically strangle to death. Fifteen minutes, um, and so they did that, and that was in, uh, in like the fall, and then the next spring they did it again with William Hayes. George right. Rock was the first one, and then the next uh, early spring they did the same thing with William Hayes. Also, didn't work. Yep. Also, didn't just on snap purpose. his neck. Also on purpose. Um, but what was interesting about this uh, this session is I asked him a couple questions. Um, I asked him, one, did he regret killing the warden or the deputy warden? And his answer was no. So I was like, did you regret what you did to go to prison? And he said yes. And so that was the only regret he had. And so I asked, well... Um, I asked if the the warden was crooked. Was that why he didn't uh, regret what he did? And again, he answered yes. So the interesting thing is, is Conley, after he stopped being warden, he was actually indicted on charges uh, for uh, misuse of of government funds, which he was over, which he was eventually acquitted. Um, But I kind of think that was more cronyism than it was anything else. Yeah, well, Frank Conley had been around. He, he was born in, in night, like 1864 in Maryland, and at 16, he goes out west just to go do the American Western dream, find gold, whatever. It lands in Montana. It's the Wild West, right? Oh, yeah. And, and he ends up getting knowing the right people and end up in, as, ends up as the warden of this new prison that's built in like 1879, I think was when it was the first prison was, was started in the territory. Montana wasn't even a state at the time. Nope. And he's in charge of this just little jail, and it turns into a bigger prison and a bigger jail and a bigger jail, and they keep adding. And he, he did have some pretty, I mean, he was very much into using the prisoners for labor, whether it was the prison's labor or other people's labor. And so there were a lot of those, that, those things were him loaning out or renting out prisoners as, I don't know, uh, what, you need your shed painted? Sure, $40. I'll send a couple of prisoners over. Yeah. And, and they didn't get paid for it. No. I honestly think uh, I get this picture in my head of like Shawshank Redemption. I don't, um, yeah. for those oh, of, yeah. For those of you who've seen it, right, um, there's a scene in there where uh, the warden gets paid. He gets paid with a pie, right? And he's like, oh, my wife bit you a pie. And then, you know, he gets his pie and he looks under and there's an envelope full of cash. And so that's, I have a feeling that's what's happening. So he was like getting a double dip, right? The, the state of Montana, because it was a state at this time. He, they were paying him money, and then he was getting this 
sidekick back money. Right. You know. What happens in there's another movie I was telling you guys about called Brubaker that Robert Redford's in, young Robert Redford, and where he goes in and finds that this prison, yeah, they have this gigantic, expansive farm, but yet the prisoners are eating mush, just like crabs. Like, where's all these vegetables going? Well, they're selling it to all the, you know, these are supposed to be for the inmates, and they're selling it to local farms to sell in their stuff. And yeah, so same sort of thing. Yep. I'm sure this was not an uncommon practice. No. Um, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting uh, dowsing rod session in there. Um, and the coolest part about it, the whole thing, was um, there was, uh, I, I asked to point the rods to point where he was standing mm-hmm. at the time. And he ended up, was, he was actually standing about three feet in front of, of Travis and I. And I found that out because I, you know, I ended up sticking out my hand, and I was like, "Oh, like you can feel this really intense cold spot," which, you know, we always theorize is the a spirit standing there. For those of us who can't see them, <laughs> I'm looking at Elisa. We all look at Elisa. <laughs> um, and so I was like, "That's really cool." And then Travis have never having done this before in his in his life, right? This is his very first paranormal investigation he stuck his hand out in the same spot and was able to feel it the neat thing is it moved and it ended up going right on my left arm right by my elbow and I could feel that area getting really really cold so like it just moved with it so it was pretty cool Um, and then we left because it's like uh, for like doing dowsing rods can wear you out like can get you you can just get drained So we went in there. Elisa and Terry went in there. Elisa, why did you guys go in there? Well, because I heard it was supposed to be active, right? So I was like, all right, I'm beelining it over because I want the night to start out good and hopefully get something and just keep that rolling. So, yeah, we went in there. And then right when I walked through that door, I saw with my actual eyeballs something forming like in the process of forming and you could see legs and a torso like halfway up the torso and then like once I got in there in there because I was double taking right like I can't believe I just saw that and then it was just gone just disappeared and it was as soon as you walk through that door it was in the back right corner probably up a couple feet back right corner so it had been right in front of you when you walked in the door uh huh yeah that's cool yeah so that's why we started that's where we started our investigation. And we also did a dowsing rod session mm-hmm. right there. And we also felt the cold. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Yeah. I was like, okay, he's right here, guys. Put your hands there. And so we're all. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what's funny. So he liked Elisa and he liked Terry. He didn't really want to have much to do with me. I was like, well, that's rude. <laughs> but that's how it works. You get two lovely ladies, and you get the, the fat slobby guy. And like, I don't want to talk. About he you. ended up liking you. He did by default because you guys said, "Here, I'm tired." <laughs> <laughs> but like, so he would make uh, Elisa's K2 meter oh, go it was nuts, going crazy. It was awesome. But I would take mine out and I'd go put it next to it, and mine wouldn't do anything. And he was doing that on purpose because he liked her, didn't want anything to do with me. I'm like, that's just rude. <laughs> <laughs> And so, anyway. But Terry had, yeah, so Terry had the rods. She started it off. And, um. Now, you actually said that she wanted, he wanted to talk to her. Yeah, yeah. So, for me, I can tell emotions, feelings sometimes, you know. I can't say that I'm always right. I I mean, that would be dumb to say that I'm always right, but I'm not. So, but 
it felt like he wanted to chat with Terry, is what it felt like. So I was like, Terry wants to talk to you. Let's let's use you as your with your dowsing rods, because she's really good at that. And of course it was like perfect. It was working out great, right? And she felt she actually asked him, is it because I'm wearing a brace? Yeah. Because she had an arm brace on. So and so what we found out is we couldn't find out his name. He said that he didn't want to share his name because of the prisoners, right? Yeah, he he. It, they weren't allowed to give their name when they were at, when they actually worked there because of the possible retribution, you know. So they, they I guess they used pseudonyms. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. So, so we named out a name and we're like no, and then I had James popping in my mind like crazy. It was like James, 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 and and this is kind of what we do when we can't figure out a name, we just make one up, right? And then we'll go until they like the name. And that's what... So then we can identify them instead of just saying spirit in this room. We can say... Can we call you Matthew? Yeah. So no. we, I said, okay, can we call you James? And it was like, yes. So we started calling him James. Found out he was a nurse there. And he had a family. And he had two daughters and a son. And that... His wife had passed on, but he wanted to stay there and, and take care of that area. He was taking care of the prisoners still. Yeah. A loyal, loyal practitioner right there. Yeah. So um, once Terry got hurt because of her her wrist that she's having an issue with, it after a while the rods it was getting hard to hold. So then she passed them to me, and it just wasn't working for me. So I was like. If we give them to Mike, will you try chatting with him, right? And then all of a sudden, like, I can't hear it with my ears, but I came back and listened to the recording. Right. And there's a full-on man chatting it up. Like, he's right. got a full sentence in there. I can't make it out 100% what it is. Right. I had the same thing on my recorder as well. Yeah, so cool. It sounds like there's a man. That, a lot of the times when you get these EVPs, they sound distant or they sound breathy. But this one, it didn't sound breathy, but it sounded distant. Yeah. Like he was in another room, right? So, it, and you know when you hear somebody in another room, it's mumbly, it's not fully clear. So that's really what it sounded like to me. Um, but it was a full sentence. And he ended up um, talking with Mike and... Yeah, he was actually... Uh pretty cool in fact i actually uh, in my recorder got a just after that um so i, I tagged that and then i heard him uh, a kind of a in the it was like a gust of air that was blowing into it but you know it wasn't near any of us and it wasn't near any of our mouths it was down you know in front of us and so yeah don't know if that was him or not i don't know but it was actually it was really neat. Um, he he liked to stay there. Um, it was kind of a sense of duty uh, to care for the prisoners there. And I'm like, were well, you the only one? He's like, no, they have shifts still, which I thought was interesting. You know, so he gets relief. <laughs> <laughs> Where should he just go? But it's like, why would you stay here? And it was just out of a duty to just doing his job. Uh, we'd asked him if he'd seen a lot of uh, gory things, and he said that yes, he he definitely. Has seen his share of horrible things. Um, I don't know if he was there during that the '59 riot, Mm-mm. but he did say that just there's all sorts of things. Prisoners are always beating each other up and you know shanking each other and 
So there were plenty of things to eat soon. Yeah. And I also got another EVP. And I can't tell if it's a, a young man or if it's a female. If it's a young man, it'd be like a boy, almost. Is this in the hospital? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so, and this one's like five minutes later. After that, that one after I handed you the rods. Um, Mike is asking, do you know the shave and a haircut? And so we do that often when we're hunting to see if we can get a response, like the knocking response to reply. Because sometimes it works. It's worked it does. amazingly. Yeah, so he's asking some, he's asking that question, but I knew that there were other spirits in that room, but they were back in, it's kind of like a square that you can walk around, right? And they were in that far left side. And so I'm wondering if there was conversations or whatever was going on, but I got either a boy somehow or a female saying, that's why. For my EVP, it doesn't go along with you know, anything. Maybe that's where that mumbling uh, that sentence came from was over on the other side of the wall as well. It could have been, but I got a female or a boy saying, that's why. So I'm like, what were you talking about? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> with, with James, the only reason that he did let me talk to him was he liked that I was respectful. I kept calling him sir. Yeah. And I was thanked him and, and was just kind of, you know, thought it was cool that he was immersed and that uh, I called him sir, so he was like, all right, he's a polite kid. And, and then when we left... Go ahead. I was like, when we left, he was like, thank you, goodbye, yep. goodbye, thank you. I'm like, yeah. thank you, sir, thank you, sir. And it was just like, doctor, doctor. I know, but doctor. you know how like you go into a place and you're expecting like to feel it thick and heavy and scary and, you know, whatever. And for us, we're like, yeah, you know, but... It, when we left, it was like, that was so good. Don't you just feel better? Like, yeah. <laughs> like it just Honestly, was, like, the scariest awesome. thing in that hospital was there was a point where we got a really strong smell of a skunk. Oh, yeah. And I was afraid that a skunk, I mean, it was strong. It was bad. And I was afraid that a skunk might have wandered something with my flashlight, like, click on, <laughs> looking over at the door. I'm like, <laughs> watching, because I don't want to get cornered in there by a skunk. No. <laughs> so that was pretty much it in that part. We kind of yeah. left it there and, and moved on. Because there's so much space to cover at that yeah. place. So where did you guys go next? Well, what were you doing at that time, Jamie? I was doing the grunt work of trying to help Stacy. Uh, well, I sent him on a wild goose chase to go find a um, extension, extension cord. cord. Came up empty-handed in all three spots. <laughs> uh, so apparently people are hoarding those now, too. So That and everything closed at like... <laughs> Five o'clock. Well, it's, it's Deer Lodge, Montana. Come on. But so uh, after he came back, we walked out. We walked, you know, locked the gate and then uh, went out to his car and fished around for some tools. And he ended up being able to fix that extension cord. So that's what we were doing. So wait, so Stacy actually fixed the extension cord? Yeah. He did. He a, took it apart and he fixed it. It was a loose yeah. cord. Wow. Way to yeah. be, Stacy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That was awesome of him. Um, and. That was uh, our silliness of not being prepared with an extension cord. And the whole reason why we needed it or wanted it was so we could record the podcast that you guys listened to last Last week. Last week or last two weeks or whatever. Last episode. So it was a bit of a frustration on that point. Yeah. Um, 
So, and we had some other frustrations to uh, revolve around getting power and making sure we had the right things turned off and turned on, and and uh, it was a bit of a rough start to the night, but it worked out. It did. It all worked out. So where did so after we got everything fixed, where did you where did you go off to? I don't even remember. Didn't you and I go off somewhere? I don't remember. <laughs> uh, we did. We took some video at first. Yeah, we went out and did some um, video shots that didn't seem to turn out. No. No, they did not. It was a so, good try, though. It's a great idea. Yeah, <laughs> in theory. Um, just didn't work. No. Um, no. I am trying to remember. Nothing was it until we recorded. Yeah. So... So where did you guys we, go? Well, we did do when we were out there. Terry did go live on, I believe it was Instagram, was it not? Mm-hmm. And they had some great conversation. People were tuning in. There was like some of our friends from the UK were actually in there, and they were talking to mention, you know, chatting. And here's the thing that that sucks. So all the, the when you're live on Instagram, it doesn't save everything. She wanted to go back and like reply to people who had commented. And so once it was gone, like it was done, it was gone. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, so. If you were one of those, thank you for chiming in. <laughs> and sorry we didn't reply back to you because we thought we could go back. But tech novices, I guess, right? I don't know. But uh, there are some live videos, I think, on our Facebook page. Or some videos that we posted. I'm not positive anymore if they still there. There's one live video on our fa- on Facebook page. On our Facebook page. See, at least Facebook will keep it. Instagram? Yeah. yeah. Well, on Instagram, we did a couple of reels that you can go and watch. So that was fun. They have a lot of pictures in there. Honestly, it was kind of fun. Like, my daughter, my teenage daughter, was like, let me show you how to do this. And so she was helping us do some of these reels. But um, we went, where did we go next after that? We, we went, went to the administration building. Now, the admin building was a lot of fun. Uh, besides being where most of the different, I mean, that's a huge building. You don't look, you look at it and you're like, oh, it's a two-story white building. And it's probably only 50 yards long and, you know, maybe 20 yards deep. It's not huge, but it, uh, there is so much in this building. So many different little uh, hallways and offices. Yeah. And uh, we were following Elisa. We walked in the door and she goes, we need to go this way. <laughs> and yeah. like, let's go that way. And because you could hear somebody talking. Yeah. So it, there was a, a guy. Jamie. Terry's not here to say it. So <laughs> Jamie's a robot. Sorry. <laughs> So there was a, a young guy that we, or that I caught on to, and he was in the back where all the women were working and typing in, and a bunch of desks back there and stuff. And he, I felt like he was eager, really eager to want to chat it up. And I would say he was like, Eighteen. You said he was like nineteen-ish. Nineteen. Blonde yeah. hair. Yep. Blue eyes. Yep. And we, I just said what I saw, and then you guys with the dowsing rods would confirm. Yeah. You, you said Mike. He wants to talk to you. I'm like, oh, good. Somebody actually wants to talk to me instead of the ladies. <laughs> um, and I don't remember what we named. I don't know if we ever decided on a name, Mike. We did. Um. But um, I don't remember. I figured at that point, it's like, let's not waste time trying to get a name. It was like, were you an inmate here? How many are here? And we just started going nuts with it. And he, he was actually really responsive. Um, he liked the Ghost Meter Pro. Mm-hmm. Um, he liked all the other toys you had, though. You. But, but, I don't know if you know this, Mike. 
So um, when you were showing him the Ghost Meter Pro, uh-huh. I got an EVP. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. So you're showing him the Ghost Meter Pro and he goes, oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Okay. Like, let's go. Like, let's, let's talk about it. You know, like, it was really cool. So it felt like, you know, there was a lot of eagerness coming out of him. Like, he wanted to chat. So we just got right into it. I know we were explaining a lot of the things. I, I know going back and listening to it, we explained because, you know, at one point, like, Terry had her cell phone out and was texting. I think this was in the 1912 cell block at that point. But um, they were all gathered around. She pulls out her phone and, like, they're like, back off, like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Like it's okay, and so we we're like trying to explain like this is a telephone, kind of like we had on the wall, and this is all these things that we can do, and this is a video camera, and just trying to explain to spirits who might be old and not have seen these things that this is what this is and this is what it does. And um, but we were talking to him, and he was actually very responsive with the dowsing rods, but he really liked that Ghost Meter Pro. And um, at one point, um, Elisa had, you know, you, in your mind, you told him it's really not that hard. Well, I was like, no, I, I think I said it out loud, didn't no. I? No, I no, was in my mind. It was mind. all in your mind, yeah. So, I, yeah, I was sitting there at one table. I'm on kind of the other side of the room, sitting by myself. And um, and I got, like, like, I was just telling him, like, what I had around me. I'm like, this one's, you know, fairly, they're fairly easy to use. You just have to go up to it. It'll go off. Like, you don't have to use a ton of energy to do it. And... <laughs> in my head I like I instantly heard like you go it's not hard to do and, and he, you want me to say it just don't say the word the actual word it's like yes it is <laughs> <laughs> yes it is bit. and I'm like whoa <laughs> I'm like don't talk to me like that Taylor's sitting there and all of a sudden you're at least like hey now don't talk to me like that I'm like wait what <laughs> I didn't say anything to you <laughs> and she's like I'll respect you if you respect me and she goes into this big thing I'm like what's going on he's like he just called me a beast it's like when because we felt what what ended up coming is is this eager guy right so i think this was a different spirit i don't think this was the same one that you were chatting with that young blonde Uh so it was like all of a sudden i had these like i was being shown a riot it Mm -hmm. as you know i don't know what one it was or if this was real i don't i don't know but I kept being shown like all these men going down the cell block going, ah, like they're like charge, you know? And, and so it was, but it was like all these people in the administration room that we were in all at the same time. Do you remember how they all got there? We got there and like, he was the only one there. Yeah. And then she's like, so I was like, does anybody else want to talk to us? Like, I don't know. I'll go check. And so you hear, she could hear him like, he's running down the hall and, hey, you guys, come in here and talk to these people. Well, and we actually heard a couple of bangs during that time. Yeah, he disappeared down the hallway towards the cell blocks to go get more people to come back. And then in the cell blocks, we heard, I think, two, um, we heard some tap, some Uh tappings. Yep. And then we heard um, two, it sounded like two little pebbles getting thrown too so it was kind of like well that's cool and then um we oh what else then it came back yeah then then it came back and it was was talking to us and yeah just having conversations more than anything i don't think there was anything too particular unless you guys got any evps no i did get a really good evp there um it was with this young man and i was like 
No, I had the Ghost Meter Pro out there, and he was really good with that. And I had the K2 next to it. And I was like, can you make that light up all the way up into the red on the K2? And I hear you, if you go back and listen to it, and we're going to try to put it in here. I'm going to have to see if I can get Josh to insert it. If, we can, if you guys can hear it, if it works, you'll hear a, no. And then you hear like the, because we always do like a two for yes, one for no on this Ghost Meter Pro. And so I ask him, like, can you make it out to the red? And you hear, no. And then it clicks once for no. I'm like, no, that, oh, that's okay. And it's Doesn't cool when we hard. get that clarification. Like you get both of them at the same time to validate yeah. what you're getting. But the whole time I'm conversing with them, just looking at the, the machines and stuff, the instruments, and I didn't hear the no, but you go back and you listen to it, and you hear before, right before he answers on the Ghost Meter Pro, you hear a very distinct no. You know, very breathy whispery. And that's how most EVPs that I hear, that we that we get, often are. You know, they don't have voice boxes so much anymore, so that's kind of takes effort to make sound, and so a lot of times it is kind of a breathy. Yeah. And I wonder if it's like uh, the reason why if it's so breathy is because um, you they use their minds to speak instead of their voice, right? Instead of opening their mouth. And mm-hmm. so I wonder if it's like an unused talent. <laughs> you know what I mean? To talk, like if you haven't talked in a long time. Yeah, I, don't I don't know. I have no idea. Just a thought. That's a whole episode in itself about why <laughs> EVPs are the way they are. And, <laughs> right. Um, but no, so that was like, in, in the, what I've listened to so far, now I've got almost 12, you know, at least 10 hours of, of audio to go back and listen to, and it's only been two weeks since we were there, and I'm just going to make all the excuses why I haven't listened to it all. And <laughs> it's a lot. It is a lot. Um, but that being said, that's like the best EVP I have so far. Yeah. And uh, it was that one. So after the uh, administration building, we told them we would come back. We said, all right, guys, we have a lot of places to go. We will come back. Because there were more that had gathered around at that point. Yeah. And when we did go back, he was the only one that was there. was left. Like, no, nah, they didn't come back. Yeah. And it, for us, we were kind of like, okay, let's move on. Yeah. Because, I mean, after you inquire for so long, you're like, okay, let's... I've got most of your story. There's not much else we can get out of you other than <laughs> yeah. just... So then we go on to the next one. So where did you guys go? So after that, we all met up and we did we did we recorded that podcast. Mm. So we took a little break, had a little uh, food because it was I don't know ten o'clock at night maybe no ten thirty something like that right yeah it seems like it was about ten thirty or so I know I know we had talked about going up to the Death Tower first and then Elisa uh, says no not yet they're telling us to come back about two two. So we're like, okay, well, we'll go back later then. So, so we, yeah, we went back and recorded. Yeah, we ended up in Max after recording. Right. All so, of us. And we yeah. all went to Max after. Yeah, except for Stacy and Karina. Yeah, they were out gallivanting somewhere else. They were in the 1912 cell block up on the uh, multi-floors. That's where yeah. I found them. We, well, that's where you found them, but we couldn't get a hold of them for a nothing. long time. Yeah. For nothing. Yeah. Like, uh, they had a walkie on them, and it worked. Mm-hmm. But we couldn't find them. No. So... Um, and I don't know. I mean, it could just be all the metal, the wood, or uh, the not wood, jeez, metal and brick associated to it. But what's weird about that though is our walkies worked between the warden's office and the death tower. They worked just fine, right? So yeah, there's no like there's no logical reason why it didn't work for them. 
Well, and at the same time, we were up when we were up there still talking to this prisoner there. We were in the admin, and we could hear there were several times where we would hear voices. Yeah, um, well, it wasn't coherent, but it's like we were right below you too. Who was that right? Mm-hmm. And so we, I think it was probably you guys, but we kept trying to get you on the radio, and like we're not getting any responses back. Yeah, so we just and you, you kind of just us, chalk it up. But to we couldn't s- hear you, and then finally we did get you, and like yeah, you know. it's you know even the best of technology doesn't always work quite right. So, but yeah, we all went to we all went to Max, and we did a little bit of a EVP session at the time. Yep. Um, not long. I think only like 10, 15 minutes. Oh, no. It was longer than that. But Was it? Yeah. Time went by fast. It was, it it was like yeah. a good half hour. I now bet the, you. The maximum security, if you haven't been there, is in a different courtyard all itself. There's a big courtyard that has all the main buildings in it. And then there's a separate walled enclosure on the back side, on the, the west side, where there's still more walls around, and there's its own building out there. It was actually built as the women's prison first. Yeah, it started mm-hmm. as the women's prison, and then after the 1959 riot, it was made into maximum security. Right. It's the women mo- were moved out to a new location. Yeah. And so it's it's creepy out there because it's, it's a very different type of a cell block. There's it's, a whole other vibe in there. It's a whole other vibe. It's not as hu- It doesn't look like it's as humane. It's, you know, it's really not, right? Because, like, there's like there's electricity out there, but there's no running water. I mean, there's no real plumbing in there. There's one shower uh, in there, but there's not a ton of cells in there. There's, there's like not what, about a dozen, uh, maybe twenty. No, not that many. No, there's not that. No, many. it might be close because like it goes back around, it goes back out so, and around. So maybe maybe. Yeah, maybe a dozen and a half. So maybe 18. The, the maybe question 20. Is, is, I don't know what was in there when it was the women's prison because it was rebuilt and re kind of configured to be these maximum security cells. I can't imagine that there would be that many cells for maximum security back then. Well, that's what. Or I guess, well, yeah. you know, women's prison. Even I mean, the women's, there yeah. were several that women that were incarcerated there. Um, and the. The funny thing is, or the disgusting thing is, because they didn't have toilets, right? They had to go in honey buckets, which is not the Porta John honey bucket. It's a bucket. It's a bucket full of sweet honey. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, when Stinky. when the women would get pissed off at the guards, they would throw the contents at the guards. Oh, that's gross! Uh, like monkeys. Yeah, like monkeys. Well, what are they going to do? Lock you up? Right? <laughs> Put you in prison? It can't get any worse. So. Take away your TV rights? They didn't have those. So when Travis and I walked in there, right around the third cell, we got a very, very strong sulfuric uh, smell. smell. So, And it's happened multiple times walking into that building. Ew. So Jamie's, Jamie was there when we had, the first time when we smelled that too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, that was that first year? Yeah. When it was, Typically uh, those foul smells mean what, Josh? That means there is a type 3 or a demonic entity in the building, and there is one in that in that place. Although he likes it, it, it whatever. Uh, it hangs out in the back, yeah. mainly. So. Does it hang out back? So in, the, in this, this little prison, this little separate building there, there are two cells back in the back that were created they have a pipe that runs at an angle that they could use handcuffs and then lock the people in, not only in the cell, but they're also anchored to this pipe. Was it back by those? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. It's in the back left corner. 
usually right. is where it hangs out. Right. So uh, it will come forward, though. Like if you uh, entice it, like yeah. it will come forward. Um, although we've never had it come forward, I don't think. Hey, demon, I, come I forward. I think it's more that the females that come through in, yeah. the, in that area. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that is also where we got, Travis and I got an EVP. It was right in that spot. Cool. So what did you get? Yeah, what'd you get? It just says, hey. Is it a male voice, female male voice? voice. Male voice. So Which it wasn't is, a female going, hey. Like, hey. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it wasn't anything that cool. Um, <laughs> hey, sugar pops. <laughs> no, but it was a hey, and it wasn't either one of us. Um, it's always kind of rough. Like it's it's nice if you have two if you have two guys that are out investigating, and then you get a female voice, because then you know there's no chance it's it's one of you two. Right. Um, but this was. Uh, 14 seconds into our investigations when we got it. That was quick. And so you guys weren't even sitting down yet. And we were walking in. They're saying hello. Yep. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And that, that cell has always creeped me out. I don't know if I've ever told you that, but that cell oh, you, always creeps me out. You told us that because you took us in there and you're like, stop right here by this one. Do you feel anything? And it's like, personally, I don't know. Yeah, I didn't. I was like, eh, it's dark and creepy. <laughs> but, no. <laughs> but no. So I wonder who's in there. Yeah, I've never had the guts to find out. We should have. I know. We should have. We, we should have like gone in there and like sat in there. Or was that had I known that? that, we would have. Was that one closed off? No, I think all those Some, ones are open. Uh, I, yeah. I don't know. I, mean, I, you know honestly, I don't know. Because, I don't know. We always go back in. Um, and kind of that center space. The center space in the back right cell in that center yep. space. Yeah. Because there's a, uh, a female spirit who likes to get frisky. With uh, the male population, she didn't get frisky with me at all that I'm aware of. Now the type three did, actually, and I'll tell you that story in a minute. But um, we were, yeah, like if you watch like Ghost Adventures, I mean, it's Ghost Adventures, to. but yeah. But so take it with a grain of salt. But they were getting, um, you know, touched and stuff there. Or Destination Fear was there, and the male got touched there. And everybody and, else, other other investigations, so, the men tend yeah. to get so a, a more credible source. I'm, I'm Bro- not. A, I'm not brother, a huge fan. Brother, brother, brother I'm not Josh a huge, Raymond. No, um, Jamie's dad had an experience in there, in that cell. Oh, in that very back cell. Yeah, yeah, he did. He was sitting on the bed, and he was in there alone. And he's just sitting there, and he's like, "Yeah, this is kind of creepy." And he felt right next to him. It, compressed down like someone sat next to him mm-hmm. and he feels over there and all he feels is a cold spot but there's, there's nobody, nobody else there. <laughs> there's nobody so it wasn't like one of those Dan Aykroyd the fly goes <laughs> no. pants no. come down the now buckle starts coming off no <laughs> I mean they are locked up so it's like hey there's a man <laughs> right <laughs> so yeah I mean and that was that was kind of a cool thing yeah because that was your dad's uh First time being in the prison, and or not, not first time being no. in the prison. First time investigating in the prison. That was actually his first official investigation. That's true. Yeah, start him off in the deep end, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> we tend to do that. Yeah. So we all went in there together, yes. and we all kind of sat in this half circle in that bigger area of the kind of the big open central area there. Mm-hmm. And we set a rem, rem pod down by that far cell that you were saying that your dad uh, 
yeah. had a friendly encounter in. We'll just leave it at that. Friendly encounter. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get really anything from the REM pod, though. We didn't. Nothing really ever set that off until Terry went and picked it up. Yeah. No, until um, you used the walkie. Walkie-talkie. Oh, no, the walkie-talkie <laughs> totally set it off. That was a lot of fun. That's when we were trying to find Stacy, and he wouldn't, re- wouldn't answer. Yeah. But it was totally setting that rim off. And then we got the dowsing rods out and uh, found out. out that there was like five spirits in the room. Yeah, and there was one point where I was actually, I was asking um, my spirit guide. I talked to her a lot on investigations. I was asking her, Mary, how many spirits are there in the room here? And I was actually, had her tapping, you know, one, two, three, four. And between like four and five or five and six, Elisa on her, she's doing a live EVP. Terry was doing live EVP with my recorder, and she was actually playing back and listening to it while I was asking this. So I don't have a recording of it, but Elisa got a recording of it. Yeah. You hear a, a female... It, it, it's... When he... When, when you got to three, it was in between three and four, um, it sounded like a female crying, or um, it could be it also like maybe a cough? I will imitate. <sighs> okay. That's kind of what I heard when you played it back for Wait. me. That's not crying, and that's not a cough. No, it wasn't it was a like joyous. A, uh, it wasn't. It wasn't. It's a, kind of what it sounded like. It actually sounded more anguished, mm. distressed, okay. distressed yeah. rather than it wasn't yeah. what you were thinking, Josh. I wasn't. It wasn't. My wife was thinking. That. It wasn't happy moans. It was like a, an anguished. <laughs> Her face. <laughs> kind of like when somebody's really sick and they're just like, Ugh. yeah, 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 help. Yeah. So I did get that. Um, she actually played that back for us live, and it was like, that is so cool. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, I caught it. Cause I, I like was, when she does these. Because I was doing um, the live EVP session, so I was hearing them as they were, hearing the EVPs as they were happening. So I caught that one. I was like, oh, everybody, do you want to hear it? Now, a live EVP but, session is where you have your recorder, and you have mm-hmm. headphones on, and so while you're investigating, you're listening to what your recorder's picking up, which oftentimes your regular naked ears can't. They can't hear, yep. yeah. So we've done this before. We talked about it at the petite meet, how there was the guy down there, and yeah. you were hearing things, and then you're like, stop, all right, check this out. And she'd play it back, and it's just really cool. Yeah, so, so yeah, we did that, and that one worked out really well. So we got that, and then I also got a male who about five minutes in to us being there, um, I hear a deep male, but it's really... Uh, it's, electronic sounding which is also it's it's not a common thing that you hear but it does happen with EVPs and I don't know why that is is either but I got him saying help in there so and then for me one at one point we that type 3 that demonic spirit did come out and I, I kept feeling something tickling one of the hairs on the back of my neck just like one little hair that it was sitting there playing with. I'm like, something keeps touching the back of my neck. And then I felt it just kind of creep down my arm and like my whole right arm was just cold. Everything stood up and then I could feel it like it was petting my arm. And I'm like, it is touching my arm right now. And it was and it was between you and Lisa and I. And you could feel it on your left side. I could feel it on my right side. And then I think we asked through the, the dowsing rods and it said that it was the, the type three. But it's like, well, this... <laughs> Yeah, because that She's was after, because <laughs> you two left. Yes. We went to go do uh, start of an experiment. Yes, yeah, we which we will talk about in a minute. Yes. But, yeah, that was pretty much, oh, 
And I also got an EVP of um, a male. It sounds like he's clearing his throat, is what it sounds like. Let me clear my throat. So, yeah, so... wasn't singing. I wasn't (laughs) singing. (laughs) So, yeah, that's the EVPs that I got out of there. And we did hear a couple beings in there, too. And Yeah, we actually heard a... It almost sounded like uh, it was... It was just before that moan, actually, before that female moan, that I heard a... It was like a shuffle, shuffle, and then like a step. Maybe they, I don't know. Maybe she was dancing. Oh yeah, yeah. Shuffle, shuffle, That's step, right. ball change. I don't know. <laughs> but but you, it was like a and then a, a, a solid shoe step. But you guys were gone, and so I knew you weren't in there. And it was in one of the cells back behind us. Uh, but it was very distinct, and yeah, it was pretty cool. You're, now here's the craziest thing for you guys. So I've told you guys before how I used to be scared to death of everything paranormal. And I can't went into this whole prison investigation very apprehensive. Well, because like, you I never wanted to do any I don't like prisons, prisons or... and I don't want to go to like crazy, crazy bins, mental hospitals. Those both creaked me out. And I was really shocked at how calm and unfrightening everything was. It was all just fascinating and cool. And I, I was never really scared. I mean, there was definitely, you could tell, just respect it. But right, it was very much not a horrifying experience like I thought I was going to have. <laughs> so I thank you guys for that because that kind of you know I, I mean buddy system. You know I, was, I wouldn't go anywhere yeah. alone up there. I mean you're probably going to have a completely different experience if you were all by yourself. Oh yeah, probably not in a good way. We, right, we, no. we know what that happens. We, we've yeah. seen that people go off the. That's why the we use end. the buddy system. But it was just very intriguing to me how mellow it was and I mean yeah sure there's plenty of spirits there and there are plenty of communication just I didn't get try to get shanked and raped and beaten and <laughs> I don't know the living, okay. the living are often more scary than the dead that's what I'm agreed. Oh, absolutely. agreed so where do we go after that so Jamie and I left you guys and we went and started an experiment so you want to go and no, tell them what we did ahead. This, this was Josh's idea, so I want him to... That's true. Um, so the prison walls, when they got expanded, right, they got moved, actually. And uh, there, were, there was the prison graveyard on the other side of the wall, essentially, is what was there. And they had to move all the bodies. But they missed two. So this, this graveyard would have been before the wall was built in... Well, it was after the first wall was built. So when the walls... So during... So the, the first walls were built, and then they were expanded. And so it was during that expansion period. And so they moved the graves, they moved the, the bodies, and they missed two. And so what we were told when we first were there is that they'll get these EVPs, like when the... the water the, is the, running. The water, the sprinklers are running, and they'll get like... Drowning, drowning. And help. Yeah. And help. And so um, I got this wicked, not wicked, but, you know, kind of a wild hair idea is that we had. Uh, I thought you went New Jersey or Rhode Island on me for a minute. It was wicked cool. <laughs> we got this wicked cool idea. Sorry. Um, but we have five dowsing rod users and a sensitive uh, who happens to also be able to use dowsing rods. Um, and so what I thought would be really neat is each one of us use our dowsing rods and try to locate 
one of the bodies. And so we each took our turns going through and, and running through this. And Jamie's the one that started. And she, uh, she started it off. So tell us how you did it, how we all did it. Oh, well, let me see if I can remember. <laughs> um, so basically, um, I just asked using the rods uh, to point me in the direction I need to start walking. And then, um, but nobody was watching you. No, Josh had his back turned. He mm-hmm. wasn't allowed to watch because we didn't want to compromise the results. Right. So, yeah. So I went first. He wasn't allowed to watch. When I finally reached the spot, uh, the final spot, uh, I then uh, just kind of walked back to the sidewalk and then said, okay, I'm done. And then he took his turn and I didn't. I mean, I watched because. You had already done it. I had already done it. Yeah. So, yeah. And so then I walked and I didn't mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was just blind in that avenue, right? So I don't know where she, where she was at. I couldn't see where she was going. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I did mine and then I marked my spot. Um, and then we called in Elisa to come in and start. Yeah. So I went up in and uh, they were both watching, right? And then, so I would use the rods and I would say... Well, no, we didn't watch you. We, were, we, oh, we no, had our backs turned. That's right. That's right. We weren't going to watch. Right. Yeah. So I had the rods and I was like, okay, which point me in the direction that I need to go and then tap the rods together how many steps I need to take. So I did that until I got to where my destination was. And then everybody was laughing and we were just all giddy at that point. So say why. So the crazy part is she was on the exact same spot or almost the exact same spot. No, no it, was it was the dead exact same, same spot. spot. Because we turned around when she was done and she says, I'm done. We turned around. And I said, go back to where you were, where you ended up. She went back there, and I was just, I threw my hands up. I was like, yes, because <laughs> it was dead on point where I dead was. Dead on point. And then we, or I was four feet from where they were at, mm-hmm. at a diagonal. Yeah. So, and that's when we, then we brought in Terry and Mike. Yeah. And Terry went first. Yeah. Yeah, we had Terry go first. For the sake of the experiment, we'll do this, because we had stuff going on while you guys took Lisa. We'd gone into this, the main cell block. Um, while you guys were doing yours, uh, Terry and Elisa and I went into the, the 1912 block and went up to the third floor by the the cave with the, or the, not the cave, the cell with the demon, the demonic, uh, you know, there was a devil worshiper that was up there. Oh, right, right, on right. On the top floor. Yeah. And since we had access to get up there that we didn't have during the day, we went up there and we were, you know, but, and we'll tell you that story in just a second here, but, um, sorry, there's a cat climbing on the chair. <laughs> Everybody gets distracted by the cats. Um, but so when we got out there, uh, they had Terry go first and then finally they had me go last. And for, from mine, I was like, okay, leave me where you want me to go. And I walked right to the spot where, um, Elisa and Jamie had stopped. Oh, you were on the exact I went right spot. And so I stopped there and I'm like, is this the spot? And then it said, No. <laughs> and said, okay, now which way do you want me to go? Do you want me to keep going? Yes. Which way? And I sat and there I, and I was like trying I, not to look at Jamie. I'm like, and then I changed direction and went like, you know, 15 feet further kind of off a different direction. And a diagonal. And, and yeah. so I stopped there. And so I'm standing there. I'm like, okay, this is my spot. And, they say, and Josh goes, okay, 
Now stay there. Now everybody go to the spot that your answer was. Yeah. Yeah. Since we'd all finally finished. And so everybody went to their spots. Jamie and Elisa go to one spot. I think Terry's was like way off. Way off. I don't know what happened. (laughs) Well, what happened, because I asked afterwards. I'm like, okay, why did you lead me past this? And when you use dowsing rods, and maybe it's just it works the way it works for me. I think it works the same for Terry. It probably works the same for most of you guys. Um, you kind of hear an answer in your head or what they're thinking or what they're trying to say when they... And what I was getting from it was she's like, this is the fifth person that's made me do this and <laughs> yeah. I'm just messing with you because you, yeah. I'm tired of this. <laughs> so she led me there and then she led me off. And then she was like, I'm not here to do tricks. Yeah. <laughs> but what was interesting about that is um, I asked everybody when they got done, I said, male or female. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And everybody got female. We all knew she was a female. Yeah. Yeah. I never asked, though. I never asked either. I never I just asked. Knew. I just knew I it was asked. a female. Yeah. So I we have two asked. people who are more sensitive than the rest of us, and they just knew it was a woman that we were t- that they were talking with. Um, which is really neat when you think about it, right? Um, even though we had a couple missed answers. Now, in you, there. you told me to ask, and so I did ask. I but did. I did get that impression anyway that it was a female. I felt just that it was a female. Yeah, I told you to ask because at that point in time, we already had three females. Like, we had three female answers. And so it's like, okay, can we get location and, and, and gender so we know we have a good idea? So um, we think we have, a, due to, like, Jamie and Elisa's and my... Uh, locations. I think we have a very solid um, idea idea of where this body's at. So then we went back to the truck and got out of shovel, <laughs> yeah. and we dug, um, and we dug, <laughs> and then and then our night ended, and we weren't asked to ever come back. <laughs> yeah, he was a little perplexed at that. He yeah. said, "What the heck?" No, just kidding. We didn't dig. No, um, and that's uh, we'll we'll end up taking our stuff to the. To the head of the direct the board there, and, and then we'll see what happens from there. They'll probably and, laugh. I'm going, okay, whatever. Probably, <laughs> probably. Um, but we'll just see, you know. And uh, I did ask one other question because there's two bodies, right? And I asked uh, if the, where the other body was located, if it was inside the prison grounds or not. And I got the answer of no, it's outside. So it's on the other side of the wall. Um, yeah, this is right neck, right close to the wall, and the wall is oh yeah, right right up against it. Twenty feet tall, three feet thick, and four feet deep. Yeah, it's a big wall. It's a big wall, and it was built by prisoners, which is awesome in in, in that avenue. But yeah, um, it was a neat experiment. It wasn't the only experiment we did that uh, we did that night either. No, do you want to talk about the uh, the subwalk stuff we did first, or do you want to go straight to that next experiment? Uh, no, we can we can totally do that. Next experiment. Yeah, let's go to the next experiment then. This one was Elisa's idea. So yes. yeah. So I wanted to do the experiment where, uh, what is it called again? Estes, Estes method. Estes method. Why Estes? I don't know. Was it first done in Estes Park at the Stanley? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> so what that is, is where someone has noise-canceling headphones on, hooked up to a spirit box. And the spirit box is something that uh, goes through radio stations, and you can do it 
forward or backward. You can do AM, FM. You can change the volume on it. And so, and you can change the speed on how fast it goes through those channels. And the point of the spirit box is to let the spirits use that to speak through it, right? So um, I had on noise-canceling headphones with, and I just closed my eyes because I didn't have a blindfold. Oftentimes they'll blindfold. But yeah, yeah we normally we have a blindfold. I didn't have a blindfold, so I'll just close my eyes. And then I had the spirit box going, but... So we were in the Death Tower, which is the tower that we talked about before with the bazooka and Miles and Smart and how all that, mm-hmm. where all that went down. And then, so I felt like, okay, well, because they killed the warden, let's have the, let's have, so it was me, Mike, and Terry in the Death Tower, and Josh and Jamie were in the warden's office, had them go in there to hopefully see if there was a connection between the two. And they were asking questions on their walkie-talkie. Mm-hmm. And um, I can't hear anything. And then I'm just spitting out what I'm hearing. So I'm so it's not... Through the spirit box. You're so I'm not influenced by anything that I can hear. Right. And we had a camera set up. Josh had a camera up there with the... With the IR lights on it, so you could see what was going on. Um, it was recording stuff. He couldn't see it live action, but he has recording of it. Yep. And then I, I would I would I would hold the mic, the walkie-talkie, and let them play their question, and then I would actually hit play, or you know, pull the button down, so they could hear the replies coming back through. Yeah, except we never could actually hear anything. I mean, yeah, we heard it was too we hard. heard Elisa talking. Mm-hmm. But we never heard what she was saying. Um, so the value of that is going back and watching the video. Yes. And because you can hear you clearly asking the questions, and then it was more or less, and it would seem like every time that I would wait, it's like I wait long enough to, you know, <laughs> it's like no answer, no answer, and then as soon as I would let go, let go and you guys would ask the next question, is when she would start talking again. Yeah. So that's again the the, the joy of the video, but yeah, yeah, and we had uh, Stacy and Karina with us down in the warden's office, and we also had a camera set up. Yes. Um, but while you guys were setting up, Jamie uh, had her uh, question and answer session beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> Go on. In the, in the warden's office? In the warden's office. And what were you asking? Well, I don't know. I was just trying to jab him a little bit. A little? <laughs> Okay, I got a little aggressive, but I mean, I wasn't like yelling or anything. I was just asking the hard questions. And also a little on the accusatory side. Yeah, because I think he was crooked. You got to remember, they're all innocent. (laughs) This is the warden. Yeah. Uh, Especially him, he's innocent. I was asking Conley some questions. So, yeah. And I'm kind of interested to go back and listen to that audio and see if we picked up anything at all. Um, She definitely got. Uh, ornery and uh, she poked the bear um, very accusatory which honestly like uh, without being like belligerent right and following the ghost adventures motto of, I wasn't being of like hey come at me bro oh um, no, no no never do that never, <laughs> never do that um, but following that methodology you can kind of like in a way like provoke but not in like a an awful like stupid way. You, you develop a line of knowing how far to push and how yeah. far is too far. It's something that just comes with time investigating. Yeah. But what's real interesting 
is while they were kind of going through their pieces and, and getting uh, ready to go, Jamie's down there talking smack to the, to the warden. And we got an EVP in the death tower. Uh, that uh, this is uh, you beast. Or you be... Uh, that sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> We're on a roll here. Yep. So I am actually thinking that is um, that is directly related to... Right, but it's going to take us kind of going through that a little more to figure that out because it may not be either. So It may not be. Um, but that was that was really neat. But I think one of the coolest things that happened uh, during the Estes method was uh, with Mike and Terry talking. Mm-hmm. And then what happened? So we were just talking. We, we were still setting up. And, we, and she was still trying to get things dialed in. You guys hadn't started asking your questions yet. And so she's over there and she's like, and Terry and I are talking. And all of a sudden she releases over and she goes, Sorry, I had to get a look because it was loud. It was gigantic. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> and if you it just lost your eardrums, giant, I apologize. It was a giant shush, a giant, you know. They were, and it sounded angry. But I don't think that it was directed at us. I don't know. It, but the timing was such that. Was perfect. It could have been. I mean, it was literal, like, you guys were talking, and in mid of you guys talking, she goes, shh. And she couldn't hear us talking. No, I couldn't hear anything. And so it was like the spirits were trying to talk. Like, Shh, dude, shut up. We're trying to talk to this lady here. Yeah. Uh, uh, the other one that was that was interesting was you'd asked what was the name of the deputy warden. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was shot. And she answered with Ted. Yeah, I got a mail that came through. And he's like, Ted. And that had... That's, yeah. I was listening for that voice, and that voice sounded very different than, yeah. you know, the radio stations that were being scanned, and it was very clear. And so, I, and what's what's cool about this is she can't hear the questions; she doesn't know what being asked. She's just saying what she hears. I li- I literally so, could not hear a thing. Yeah, we hear the question, and then like a second later, it's Ted. Because you and have to wait, because it does take them energy to respond, right? And it's it not like they have an abundance of that energy. So you do generally have to wait in between questions to give them that time to answer. Yeah. And so there were a lot of answers that came that she would say that didn't really make a lot of sense, but that one was very... On point. Yeah, very on point. If it wasn't indirectly related to it, then dang, what a coincidence. No kidding. Right? Right? (laughs) Yeah. And, And that's like, there's a couple of methodologies that people use when they use the spirit box. Some people play it forward. Some people play it in reverse. I generally play it in reverse. Um, and the reason being is, is that there is a potential, right? If you're going forward that you could get stations to line up, even on a 50 millisecond sweep, which is very, very fast. It is potential that you could get enough of them to line up to make a sentence. Right. If you're going forward. Right. Um, so I play it backwards and the chance of that goes down considerably. Um, but either way, like uh, on a fast sweep, you don't usually get a whole lot of anything coming through. Um, and the best places to do it are the ones that don't have a lot of radio stations. Right. And you're. I don't think and out in the middle of nowhere, Montana, there probably weren't a lot, right? More no, AM than FM, I think. There were AM, not, not a whole lot of FM. But it was also like uh, you're, you listen for, for specific voices. 
Like you go through, it'll it'll scan through the stations and then go back and start over and scan through them again and back and start over and scan through them again. And you're listening for the same voice that comes through and um, picking up on that during different times of its scanning. So, and that's where the Ted came through and the shush. So. Do you think those were the same guy? Yes, I do. That's interesting. I would never listen to an S. I don't like those. Terry and I will not use them. At first, I didn't like them either because, well, at first, it kind of gives you the creepy vibe. Like, if you're not used to it, the first time you do that, it real it gives you the real it's creep vibe. It is loud. Yeah, it is so loud. It is really loud. When you use an, I like, we use an external speaker when we use ours, because it's kind of like the same way like Zach does it, right? And he'll put his palm over the the speaker right. and ask a question and let it go. And we've done that, and I don't like to do it for very long Mm-mm. because when you have that playing in a dark environment where you're you know you're the one sense that you're relying on to tell you that something's nearby is your hearing and then you just lose it and so it's it, it's I don't like the feeling of that like it's almost like being alone in an area and like yeah. knowing that sharks are all around you and you, you can't see them you do them feel or, a lot more vulnerable yeah, yeah. exactly reason, because you're not you do. you're not in tune with all the your spidey senses yep well, and at one point during the um, session, the room starts to get dark for you two. It did. It got really dark, and which is weird because I mean it's already dark anyway. So it got darker. But it got darker, like the light was being sucked out of the room. And this is at what two o'clock in the morning, right? Two three. Uh, in the no, this no, this was later. Like later. This is like, like four. four. Yeah, it's still dark though. Like, like yeah. at this point in time, we're getting closer to light than we are to dark. Oh yeah, no, it's still it's but it, 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 this was it's you can tell when the room just gets darker. Yeah, and that has happened. Uh, I I've been to a few places, Fort Douglas, Petit Neat, Family Tree. Family Tree, and you're sitting there in a room and your your eyes adjust, mm-hmm. right? So then it, it's not like you can see clearly, but I mean you can make things out. And when that room starts to get darker, that vibe changes. It's, it's not just a, a vision thing. It's also you feel, feel it. it. Mm. You feel the heavy dark. And it was one point, yeah, it got very dark and heavy in there. And it's just like, whoa, something just came in. And I and a lot of the time, if you announce it, like if you say, hey, it's getting dark in here, and la 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 la, it goes away. Because it's like it's been acknowledged, it's been found, right? And it's the point is to freak you out. Usually, isn't that usually like a type three, a demonic spirit? That yeah. When that happens. Or well, it can be like real nasty type two or, really nasty. or at the type it, three. That's negative. Right. What, and what did you guys do? Just said, whoa, it's, get, it's dark. Yeah, it's it getting dark that? here. Can you tell it's getting dark in here? And then it just goes said, away, yeah, right? And then it, like a second, you know, 30 seconds later, it just wasn't a big deal. Hmm. It just mellowed out. But it wasn't like it came in with like a fury. It was just like it was just checking in, going, "Hey, what's going on up here, you guys?" And then we acknowledged it, like she said, and then it just kind of like, "All right, I'm out of here." <laughs> yeah, but you then know? we like it wasn't really, it really wasn't a big deal. It wasn't like scary though either. It's like, did you notice that it's getting dark in here? Holy cow! Yeah, and then and yeah. that's it. And then we just did it. But that was pretty much it for that session. Yep. So. And I think we went back to base camp after that, right? I think so. Yeah. 
Um, we went back to the administration's office. We went back to the administration office. That, but in that time when you guys went to go do your first experiment with the dowsing rods, Elisa and Terry and I went into the main cell lock, the nineteen twelve lock, and we were there. And uh, first we went up to that fourth level there, but in front of the um, the devil worshipper. Uh, you can read about him online. But um, we we stopped. I mean, we stopped right by the first, or maybe it was the second cell. And I think I was like, let's put a REM pod here. So we put the REM pod right in front of the cell, the open door, open cell. And then we went down probably to the eighth or ninth, maybe even the tenth cell down the down the row. And while we were standing there talking, and this was like where I said that devil worshippers were where we stopped. And the REM pod kept going off down in front of that first cell down there. Mm-hmm. Which is awesome because that thing never really works well for me. It's like really was it or was it not and that was, sorry, that was me um, and it was really cool because like it would go off and then we're like hey can you step back from it again and it would step off and then it would come back towards you know it would just kind of on command it would it was come definitely close to on it. command the entire yeah. time yeah and it would okay that's great thanks for being there will you step will you step away from it and it would let off and then okay great could you come back to it and it was really cool yeah because and we would there was even one time where we let it go for a while mm-hmm. thinking okay well let's see if it will just go off it and it let, no. and it didn't so it was still going and so we're like okay can you turn that off and then boom we didn't have any recorders going in the moment nope we did we not didn't have any cameras going? of in the course moment. we did not <laughs> so i can't document any of this because i well and i don't like to do it as i'm walking because then you hear it oh, you can so hear you walk because yeah. it just picks everything up yeah so we also so after that we went down uh, to the other side on the first floor and there's a famous inmate uh, named Turkey Pete. Oh, Turkey mm. Pete! And, uh, That's right. We all ended up down there. Together. Yeah, we yep, did. you guys came over there. And, they were still uh, up on the catwalk. It was, it was before you guys uh, took Elisa over to, to do her attempt with the dowsing rods in the grave. But um, over there in Turkey Pete's in front of his cell, um, we all kind of set up chairs. You know, we we're just kind of chilling over there, just relaxing. Josh was sitting down on the floor and. It was really peaceful. It was crazy how peaceful it was and just comfortable. Yeah, I'm saying, like, I could take a nap it in there. It was not a creepy place at all. I mean, you're looking down all these cells, and there's mannequins in some of the cells. and But it was really mellow, and it was actually kind of fun. And we were talking to, to, to Pete. Where mm-hmm. We assume it was Pete anyway. Yeah. And getting responses, and then Josh could, like, see, like, is he standing right there on the front corner? And Lisa's like, yes, he is. And it was just kind of interesting. And then you guys left. So other than that, I think that's kind of the, the gist it. of. Uh, well, Stacy and I had we one went. more spot we went to. We went to the showers. <laughs> it's a prison. Two yeah, guys go to the showers together. That's right. <laughs> Only one comes out. Wait, no, we both came out. Um, <laughs> um, you both you came out. <laughs> it wasn't a closet. Oh, as the showers. Yes, it was the showers. Different phraseology. Yes, different phraseology. Um, but what was interesting is Stacy had always wanted to uh, investigate the showers because they creep them out. Um, even in the daylight. He's like, they've always creeped me out. I'm like, why? He's like, I don't know. Um, so we ended up doing a dowsing rod session in there. And that was, uh, that was interesting. But during the dowsing rod session, I asked if they uh, had gotten stabbed in the, uh, in the showers. And Shortly after I asked that question, I got this pain in my right side, right underneath my ribs. So 
um, it was weird. It was painful. Um, and it went away after we left it, uh, you know, after a few seconds in the shower, or not a few seconds, but a couple minutes in the showers. So I don't know if that was a representation of, of you know, someone being shanked in the showers type of deal, or if that was just my body, you know, being a pain in the butt because we're getting old. Hey, stuff happens in the prison showers. So. Yeah, it sure does. So, but yeah, I mean, we finished up. It was pretty uneventful. Yep. Uh, for the most part, in the showers anyway. Yeah, and like I said, I, I was very impressed at how not scary the whole place was. Is I mean, there were little little creepy spots here or there, but they really weren't that bad. Oh, I forgot an experience that we had, me and Terry. Yes, tell. So at the very beginning, but before when we were bringing our stuff in, so we hadn't oh, yeah. even set up yet. Can't believe I forgot about oh, this. Yeah, this is a good one. So um, Terry and I, we were walking in to where we were going to set up. We were outside walking the inside, and when you walk through the doorway, you can go to the right and go down a ramp, or you can go straight and go down the stairs. So Terry and I went straight, went down the stairs, and. Um, She's about halfway down the stairs. There's not that many, like, what, 10? And I'm, like, second step down. And we hear a doof. And we're like, what is that? Like, I thought Terry was going to, like, what, she tripped or something or whatever. So I'm like, was that you? You know? And she's like, did you hear that? Like, yeah, I thought that was you. And she's like, no, it wasn't me. I knew it wasn't me. So I were trying to figure out where this came from. So I went back and started trying to, like, recreate that sound. And if you go to the top um, of the stairs, if you bang on it, it makes kind of like this hollow uh, sound of like you're stepping it's on. It's like a big steel plate type of a thing. Yeah, with a carpet on top, right? Yeah. So it, we got... Is there a carpet on top of that? I don't... It seems like it. I don't know. It was pretty loud. I heard it too. I was in the, the base camp and I heard them coming in and I heard it and I heard you, you guys did? react. Oh yeah, I heard it all the way where I was at. Yeah, it was, it was loud. Well, and we felt it. We felt the vibration. So we felt and heard the boom. So something at the top, right before that stair, the stairs go down. Somebody like banged on it really hard or stepped like really a, hard. Like a sledgehammer went bang right mm-hmm. at the top of that thing. It I was, was like, loud. We're like, oh, it's starting. It's going <laughs> to be a good night. <laughs> so yeah. that was a lot of it. Now, there is uh, one other thing I did want to talk about. Uh, um, we didn't really talk much about Turkey Pete. He was like a German uh, immigrant who, in 1918, he killed a guy and uh, was sentenced to life in prison. And he was there for so long, and he actually was per- due to be paroled, but they he kind of lost his mind while he was there. And uh, thought it's safer for they him to stay. Thought it's for him just to stay there, and he was comfortable there. And so um, he stayed there. He was he's called Turkey Pete because he was in charge of all the prison's turkeys. The he, turkey and farm. In a moment of one of his dementia moments, he. Uh, Sold all the turkeys to a, somebody for like twenty five cents, yeah, a piece, yeah. 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 It's like that was food. <laughs> so he was no longer in charge of the. Well, there weren't any turkeys to be in charge of anymore, but uh, but yeah, he, he ended up dying there at an old age, and he was the only uh, inmate to ever have an open casket um, funeral funeral there in the big uh, theater that was built there. Now there was one other actor. This is one that Terry found, and you won't find this written anywhere. And we thought this was actually a really cool story. Um, there's an actor that you've all probably all seen, and so you'll have to look him up and Google him and go, oh yeah, I know that guy. Um, but he was an inmate there. He actually 
in high school. He was from Montana. In high school, wanted to be uh, actually president of the United States. And people signed his yearbook, Don't Forget Me When You're President. Uh, and uh, while he was uh, in Vietnam, because a lot of people go to Vietnam and a lot of violence happens and it kind of affected him. And he came home and he actually bought and ran a bar. But he was one of those bar owners that if you came into his bar and you were causing problems, he would take you out back and beat the crap out of you. Not not <laughs> He wouldn't stand for it, not in his bar. Well, there was one gentleman that had come in that um, was belligerent and whatnot, and he took him out and beat him up, and he actually broke... Oh, he like broke like two of his legs, and let's see, he fractured a, broke both of his legs, fractured a skull, brain concussion, fractured shoulder. So he beat all that, and then he threw him out in the street. Well, come to find out, this guy's a lawyer, an attorney. He comes back, presses charges, and uh, this particular gentleman is relieved of his bar and is sent to prison. And he's sent for 40 years, 40 year sentence for beating this guy up. And so he's there at the Montana State Prison, and there was a whole... Sorry, that was me. I talk with my hands, and I keep hitting the microphone. <laughs> um, there was a whole effort of trying to get him acquitted, or at least get his, his role reduced, because it was pretty um, extreme. You know, you just beat a guy up 40 years. By the way, my, t- my stomach just growled, so if you guys hear that, <laughs> I'm tagging it. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm almost done here. Um, but so anyway, um, you come to find out that the the judge who sentenced him was a political rival. So this this guy's um, grandfather was a politician. I think he was like a senator, and he was a political rival that kept losing to this inmate's grandfather. And so he had kind of some animosity towards the family. He's like, yeah, all right, forty years, dude, hard labor in the state pen. Anyway. So while this uh, this gentleman's there, he decides, well, I can't be a president anymore. Can't be a politician anymore. Definitely can't become a bar owner. He was an alcoholic himself, you know. And so being a bar owner and then drinking yourself doesn't usually go very well. So he couldn't go back to his bar. He's kind of like, well, my only options are what can I do where they don't ask you if you're a convicted felon. And he's like, Hollywood's full of con- <laughs> full of criminals. <laughs> So he decides he wants to become an actor. So he sends a kite, what they call a kite. It's a letter. Uh, the prison term they call it was a kite for whatever reason. But they send it to the, to the warden and he asks the warden for a copy of Hamlet. And so he still actually has the paperback book of Hamlet. And that's where he determined he wanted to be an actor. He actually did some acting there and eventually he did get out. Um, he, only, he only served a few years. Um, over that time, because didn't he get out for good behavior and they yeah, reduce well, the sentence? It seems like everybody gets out of prison fairly quick. Yeah, you know, you're sentenced to 99 years and you serve three. It's <laughs> the way the system works. But um, at any rate, uh, so he goes on and becomes a a. Um, it was actually it looks like after after two years he was released, um, but you would know him from the show ER. Um, he's also was on Hannah Montana. He's been on a whole slew of different shows, but his name's Troy Evans. So everybody go to your Google, look up Troy Evans. You'll look at him and go, I know that guy. I've seen that guy before. He was on, like I said, he was on ER. He was like the receptionist for like eight years on the show. I think he's got like a hundred and some like, Oh, crazy amount credits. Like, he was on the Frighteners. Yeah. yeah he's on the right, Frighteners. Frighteners. Yeah. yeah. That's a fine, uh, Michael J. Fox. Or 
It's a great that's, movie. That's that's not that good of a show. Please don't watch it. Okay, we'll try to watch it. The Frighteners? I we'll liked love it. that movie. Right? We're talking about the same one? Michael J. Uh, Fox? Yeah. And the... yeah. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. Love that movie. It's it's a comedy, for sure. Exactly. Yeah, well, yeah. That's the type of horror movie I can I can oh, handle. Without okay. having nightmares. Exactly. We're not watching, not talking country. Okay. So anyway, um, now he also, another a funny story he told, and this was a, a story that he had told on a podcast. Terry listens to the podcast when she works her graveyard shifts, and this, the show it was on is called Inside the Guest Studio. So she wanted to make sure we got uh, some some credit to those guys. But uh, he tells the story, and the guy at the host is like, you need to update your Wikipedia page, man, because this is, like, fascinating. He's like, yeah, I just never really talked about it. So it's just a personal story that he had told. And he did say that he would go places, and he would get recognized by, uh, like, the people would go up to him and, and say, oh, and like, how do you know me? You know, and there's a little girl that walked up to him and goes, um, yeah, can I get your autograph? And he's like, oh, yeah. Do you know me from Hannah Montana? She's like, no. He named off like a couple other shows. And he's like, how do you know who I am? She goes, I have no idea who you are. I just needed an autograph from somebody who was over 40. <laughs> or over 50, whatever the age was. And he's like, how old do you think I am? And she's like, 39. <laughs> or under 40. <laughs> and it was just like, barely. She's like, okay. <laughs> I butchered the story. I'm sorry, Terry. But anyway, it was an interesting story from a person who actually served there as a prisoner. Now, one other thing on there, uh, at least it reminded me of it. So I have a cousin who uh, was adopted. And she was texting me while I was up there because I was making posts on Facebook. And she was like, I was born there. And come to find out her dad was locked up there. Her mom was also locked up um, up there. And she was born up there in Deer Lodge. And she doesn't know much about her parents other than that they were really not very good people. And she was like, I'm very grateful for my cousins who, uh, you know, my aunt and uncle who adopted her and gave her the life. But I thought that was really interesting. She's like, can you send me some pictures? And I'm like, really nothing to send pictures of here. It's a tiny town. <laughs> but it was very interesting to find that out, you know, when we were. So cool. Yeah. To have a that, connection uh, like that. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, she's a little bit older than I am. Nonetheless, I digress. Well, we have gone on long enough. Do you guys have anything else you want to conclude with? Nope, that was it for me. I'm good. We have rambled. I'm sure Josh cut out a ton to, Maybe. Bring, to bring this episode to you. Yeah. And we'll save it for future episodes. Anyway, thank you for listening. I hope you had fun. If you get a chance, please go to the old Montana State Prison. Uh, go take the tour during the day. Uh, they do rely on people coming and touring to fund the operation there. It is a state park, is it not? No, it's a privately owned. It's a privately owned. But they do run off of donations. They also have a car museum next door, which is really cool. And it's huge. It's huge. Oh my gosh. A lot of cool cars. And they auction off uh, a vintage oh, car yeah. every, every year. Every year, yeah. There was, was it a Shelby Mustang that they had on this one? Mm, there no. No, it was a 75. But it was a beautiful oh, Mustang so beautiful. that I really wanted, although I don't think my legs would fit between the steering wheel and the seat. And then you have to go eat at Prison Pizza. Oh, yes. yes. Prison Pizza. It's delicious. Major props to those guys. Fresh meat, that's the best one. Oh, oh I don't so know. The electric chair good. was pretty good, too. Though. Yeah, the electric chair was good. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> they use lots of fun prison uh, terminology to make their pizzas. Well, you kind of have to. It's not like it's a big town full of. I think it'd be on the tourist dollar. Yeah, yeah. And they're right next to the prison, so it does help. So go check them out. And then other things to check out. Go check out our Facebook page. You can find us at Cold Spot Paranormal Research on Facebook. Yep. Yeah. 
You can also find us on Instagram at coldspot underscore paranormal underscore research. Yes. And you can also find our Paranormal Peeps podcast page on Facebook as well. Uh, we will be posting uh, our EVPs and uh, those pieces of evidence on there so you guys can come check it out. As well as some pictures on the Cold Spot Paranormal I think there's already some page. on there. Isn't yes. there? Do we have that team picture we took yet? Is that posted there? It's on the reel. Yeah, it's on the, reel at the very Instagram. end of the reel, but That's it's real. That's on Instagram, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But I will. I'll post some. I got. I took a ton of pictures of the prisons. Yeah. And so. so we'll post some more pictures and some fun stuff uh, in there. So. so until we see you next time, stay ghosty, my peeps. Thank you for listening to the Paranormal Peeps Podcast. You can find us on social media at Twitter at CPR Paranormal, on Facebook at Paranormal Peeps Podcast, and Cold Spot Paranormal Research. And you can find us on Instagram at Cold Spot underscore Paranormal underscore Research.